Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host James and today we are going over the final episode of the Littlest Pet Shop, Littlest Pet Street. And you know what they say, parting is always such sweet sorrow. So let's sorrow the sweetness or sweeten the sorrow and go on. So, Mrs. Twombly is talking with Roger, who... Roger is sitting on a lawn chair wearing shades, a Hawaiian shirt, Bermuda shorts, and flip-flops about her unveiling plan for Littlest Pet Street. Roger says that she must have a big tarp if it covers the entirety of the street. Mrs. Twombly says she ordered it online and begins looking for it. Roger says he's going to enjoy his staycation... And that since pilots go from place to place all the time for their jobs, they prefer to stay when they have time off. Which makes sense. So, Mrs. Trombley finds the tarp only to see that it is much smaller than anticipated. It's basically a washcloth. She, of course, decides to blame Fisher Biscuit for her problems and goes on a rant about how the biscuits are sabotaging her. And it it goes complicated, but... Eventually, as she is going, she keeps saying words that end with Nick, and then she ends it off with, uh, I wonder if they're up to no good, Nick. And Roger says, maybe, and don't call me Nick. Oh, Roger, I'm gonna miss that charm of yours. (laughs) Mrs. Tromley interrogates him, saying he's a spy whose actual name is Nick, but Roger says he was just making a joke. So then, we cut to Blythe showing the pets the piece de resistance of Littlest Pet Street, the Furplex Cinema, a movie theater for people and pets. Pepper and Penny are enticed by the idea of cat videos on the big screen, and Vinny backs up to try and get a better view, but he ends up in a hole and saying that they need to finish this part of the sidewalk before people can walk in. Blythe explains that that portion of the sidewalk is left empty so that they can fill it in later and have people and pets of honor leave their footprints there. Vinny says he wants to leave his tail there and tears it off. On accident, of course. So, uh, pets want to make their own film for the big screen and Blythe gives them her phone for it. And statistically, this has not worked out well in the past. I think the only time... The pets used technology well. I mean, I guess there have been a few times, but the thing that jumps out at me was when they snuck up to Blythe's computer to, you know, uh, try to go meet Blythe. But that that failed for a different reason. There's no error on uh, the part of the pets. Also, I guess it's a bit of continuity where Blythe would be okay with giving up her phone more but it does seem a little odd so i guess i guess we're getting into this like right now so the writer for the first part of the finale which we're on is also the same person that wrote race team buttercream so i guess um you know it is blythe following through on her realization that she might not need her phone as much as she thinks she does like me like i said then it like 
whatever like good like if the if that episode had the best of intentions it does fail on account of kids always hearing about the cell phones anyway so there's always going to be that negative association hmm but it also does bring us to a a, a weirder point and that this is the only two-part episode, as well as the only finale, that the creators of the show had no hand in writing. Like, I'm, well, maybe not no hand in writing, but like, on Wikipedia, the writers listed are not the, you know, creators of the show. And... I'm just I'm just gonna set it out there. Uh it it kind of shows. Um we'll get into why later. But uh yeah, I'm not I'm not this episode's biggest fan. And it's like it's not it's not bad and we're just in the setup. And it just kind of feels like a regular episode so far. Rather than, like, a big finale of any kind. Whether whether that be, you know, season or show. So, Blythe continues to inspect the street and gets caught in a snare trap devised by Mrs. Trombley to trap a biscuit. Or a biscuit spy. She talks about the biscuits and lets go of Blythe letting her fall and, you know, picks her up, asks her if she's alright, studies her up. Blythe says that she's wondering uh, about what kind of publicity Mrs. Trombley has done. And Mrs. Trombley says she hasn't really done too much. She did put an invitation out online and then uses a bunch of uh, slightly off-kelter jargon to describe the process of putting something online. Like, uh, postage instead of post. Um, stuff like that. But the one that we need to know for the sake of this joke is that she says virus, and Blythe thinks she means viral, and explains what a virus does. Mrs. Trombley thinks that's how Fisher will get her. By shrinking down and going into her computer to give her a virus. And runs and goes off to turn her computer. Roger shows Blythe uh, the invite he got from Mrs. Trombley. As well as the page, I guess. And uh, Blythe is like, oh good, she did postage it. I mean, post it. So she checks it out. And she notices that only two people have responded. To be fair, maybe is also a... Well, okay, if if they've respond, if it's responded, then no one has responded, maybe. So, yeah, but, like, even if they did respond, maybe, that's also a valid answer. So that's, uh, that's something. So, uh, however, we've, we've noticed that this isn't, uh... Facebook or whatever they used back in Race Team Buttercream, I think. I, yeah. Uh, because the two people that uh, responded are Mrs. Twombly 
and someone named Fantastic Flyer One, and Roger is really excited about his handle. Um, or maybe it's just Roger doesn't know that you're supposed to use your real name on Facebook, or hmm. Maybe maybe it is a not Facebook. It is. I I mean I like Fantastic Flyer. That's a that's a that's a classic Roger joke. Uh man. Roger Roger's like the best part of this episode. He's like the best part in a lot of episodes he's in. Like not all the episodes, but he's like he is my favorite part of this show. And it, it just just cuz like of how like whimsical and like goofy he is and just it's like this show is full of fun and interesting characters and if you were to tell me that like like any one of these characters is your favorite characters i i would believe you i would sincerely believe you because like the show has a lot of characters and like as hard as it is to balance sometimes uh i think the show does a good enough job at making each character feel individualized and when they see a character and see the different layers within that character like and it resonates with them i think i think it just makes sense and back to the episode. Uh, Blythe is worried that no one will show up. And, okay, I guess... I guess that unplanned rant... Uh, is coming before a sort of planned rant. Sort of because I planned it in the notes... Rather than, you know... When I was... Sometimes... I know what I want to talk about with certain episodes. And this episode is no exception. However, there are some things in the episode that I don't remember because it's been a while since I've seen it or it's just, you know... Like, it gets lost in the shuffle of some of the bigger stuff where, like, when coming across it again, you know, it it just... It just kind of clicks. But don't people know about Parisa's coffee and isn't that open and so is the vet? And like throughout the episode, it seems like the entire street is mostly the vet, the coffee shop and the movie theater and I guess also the pet shop. But there should be a little more pet shop. Pet, no, not pet shop, pet store stuff or pet other stuff. Hmm. We'll we'll get into that later as well. Like I know I know there's not a lot of you know time left. I have to get a lot out in this uh, episode because it's the last episode where we're going over it an episode at least I am going to have bonus content I'm sorry for all the rambling and stuff it's just 
it's just, this is the last episode, and I need to like get out a lot. So uh, I do feel like this episode is gonna gonna be a bit long. So anyway. So Blythe is worried that no one will show up and wonders what to do about it. So meanwhile, the pets are watching a video of a cat by the name of Felina Meow walking across the piano and falling over. And all of them are entranced by it, except Zoe. When Sunil says that they should make a video like that, Zoe gets a little indignant and says it's drivel. Uh, they go to show Blythe, and Blythe thinks it's cute, much to Zoe's chagrin. So he says that she's an actress and wants to be taken seriously and Felina Meow is just being a cat. Sunil points out that that video has over a billion views. So Blaith then gets the idea to get Felina for the opening and even play her new video in the theater. So Blaith wants to go and get Mrs. Trombley for the idea while Zoe thinks it's terrible. Blaith tries finding Mrs. Twombly only to see her dressed up as Fisher Biscuit. So, as Fisher, she reprimands Blythe and also says that Blythe has been a bad influence on his daughters, which might mean something, but I can't be entirely sure. I guess, like, Mrs... It, it's either Mrs. Twombly being smart and noticing, like... Blythe interacting and slowly changing the biscuits or Mrs. Tromley not being smart and just projecting what she wants to happen even though it kind of is happening I'm just not sure when she would have noticed it but either way Blythe asks what Mrs. Tomley is doing, and she explains that she is trying to get into the mind of Fisher to see how he would sabotage this. Blythe uh, wants to explain her idea, but Mrs. Tomley shushes her and thinks that Fisher mailed himself in some supplies. When she goes to investigate, she finds he's not there. So, yeah, some something about this episode as well that, you know, just doesn't land for me is that it just kind of feels normal weird instead of LPS weird. Like, oh, Fisher's trying to sabotage or Mrs. Tom is going crazy. Oh, Zoe hates cats for some reason. Although I guess that might be explained by what happened earlier in the season when she was snubbed multiple times by a group of cats for being a dog. Maybe, but it's still odd because they they don't they didn't really do anything with the cats versus dogs thing before. Like one of their friends, Sugar Sprinkles, is a cat, although she's a chill cat usually. Except when the, you know, sprinkles aren't in place to keep her demonic form satiated. See, that's that's the kind of stuff that, like, this episode is missing, at least up to this point. 
and it's, it's stuff like that. So Blythe is on the phone with Felina Meow's people and asking about Littlest Pet Street. She incentivizes them by saying that they will play one of her videos on the big screen and that that has never happened before. And they also allow her to be the first to dip her paws in the cement. So they agree and Blythe asks them to email her the demands. So the pets are excited, sans Zoe, who is rolling her eyes. Blythe goes outside to tell Roger, but he already knows because they posted a video with, like, thousands of hits already. And Blythe is impressed. Okay, you know what? There, There's that little LPS brand of weirdness. That, like, this almost instantaneous, like, vi- video, you know, thing. I Okay. You got me, show. You got me. So Blythe gets the email and sees that the first demand is accommodations to Littlest Pet Street from Felina Meow's home in Bermuda. She nervously asks Roger if he can fly her. Roger says he's on staycation, so he's going to stay. But then he says he's joking and says he'll do it. He also wants to pick up some Bermuda shorts. For his staycation. <laughs> so, uh, Blythe thanks Roger and continues to look at the list. A personalized pet bowl. Kibble that is only beige. And a pet entourage that must be provided. Blythe says that this seems like a lot, but it isn't a problem. She asks Roger to get the pet jet up and running while she handles everything else. So, in her office... We see a dartboard with, like, Fisher Biscuits uh, photo attached to it. And then uh, we also hear Mrs. Twombly call Fisher Biscuit. And she asks um, him that in the spirit of friendship and their adoration of pets, that they bury the hatchet and she wants to honor him. So she asks them to meet up at four and then hangs up. She then says to herself that this is a trap and laughs maniacally calms down and then leaves so the pets are arguing and russell comes up dressed as spielberg like he has like the spielberg fuzz and the hat basically and is calling action they explain that they haven't come up with anything so they can't start filming and russell is in agony so they are asked to decide what the film is about and then it breaks out into a song about the different types of movies that each pet wants and could make and how in general they want to make a good movie. So uh, Pepper wants a comedy, obviously. Like there's a, you know, she's dressed as a clown and does some comedy bits. Zoe wants like an 1800s drama where she could show off her acting prowess. Uh, Russell wants a space thriller. Penny wants an adorable animated, which, how do they know they're animated? I don't know if they know. This is, this is odd. Whatever. Film with, like, a bunch of cute animals. Minka wants a martial arts film, and they even, like, reference mouths not being in sync. And Sunil and Vinny want... Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. That is, that is literally 
literally what they want. They are dressed as Abbott and Costello. And they, they do that bit. And then, uh, you know, they, they when, when they're talking about the kind of movie they want in general... Uh, you know, they're they're in a theater, like, presenting the screen to a bunch of animals. It's weird. I guess. So, okay, once the song is over, though, they go back to just plain old arguing. And, alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna unleash a rant I've kind of had for this, sort of. We're, we're, let's just go. So, this is the last song in the series. And it's sort of just a retread of Littlest Pet Shop Pets. It, it's just the pets showing off their personalities, their traits, what they like, and what they are like. For an ending, it doesn't seem very meaningful. Like, this season does have a general lack of songs. And ending it here does feel weak. Like, let's remove the fact that this is the series finale. And let's just remember that this, this is a finale no matter what. As a season finale, it doesn't have, you know, the best oomph. For a final song. Like. I don't know. It's just. It's just hard. Because like. Like I mean. If there was another song. That did kind of. You know. Act as a celebration. Of what is happening. That would be fine. But this is it. Like. Okay, let, let's go back to uh, the Expo Factor. They had the, you know, uh, All Around the World, which is, again, a showcase of the pets and, you know, what they like and what they're doing. But it also has Won't Have to Look Too Far, which is a celebration of Blythe and her accomplishments and how this is just going to be her next big thing. And, you know, we're here for you. Something like that. And this is none of that. And it's it's the last one. And also, I guess in general, because, like, since this, it, I mentioned earlier that this just kind of feels like a regular episode rather than a finale, whether it be season or series. So, it does play into that problem, where this just feels like another episode. I did say that about uh, It's the Pet Fest as well, but, like, It's the Pet Fest is, like, the better episode any which way you cut it. Like, even if it's not a good finale finale, like, I do think it's a good episode, and you probably could have ended it there. If you had to, you could end it there. But 
it didn't. And again, they had to for this episode. And I just don't think it rose to the occasion. It, like, this episode and It's the Pet Fest have a lot of similar premises. They're trying to organize a big event and make sure everything goes off without a hitch while also working with a famous pet of sorts. And it just, again, doesn't feel like it's rising to the occasion. I don't... There doesn't seem to be a good sense of scale on this. Like, this is supposed to be big, and it feels regular. Like, the Pet Fest, even though, uh, like I said, it might not work as a good series finale, it works as a pretty decent season three finale, because it is big. Whereas this feels regular so far. It does get bigger later, but it, I don't I don't think it has the sense of bigness it needs to for as long as it needs to. I don't know. It's it's it is just weird how like I get I guess I'm just a bit let down. I guess that that's what I'm saying. I feel like if they knew they were going to get canceled just go down swinging. Give give me give me your biggest guns you have even if they don't make complete sense. All the way cuz this show is never about making complete sense fully. It is fun, and I, and I don't feel a good sense of fun here either. It's, I like I said, I'm just a bit let down. It's, it's fine. It's not, it's not the worst. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's go, go, go. Let's let's shake it up. So Blythe uh, comes up and says that some of the pets need to travel with her to be Felina's entourage. Zoe immediately declines, obviously. So the other pets say that they can't agree on a script and now they won't have time to film because they'll need to be with the entourage. But then Russell gets the idea to use being on a plane for the film to make a plane film. And the others agree to this. And Russell says that they'll call it Pets on a Plane. Making it the second time. I believe they referenced Snakes on a Plane. Still not as weird as referencing Big Eyes. Also, Snakes on a Plane is a meme. Whereas Big Eyes is just Big Eyes. Uh, you can't really meme Big Eyes. I don't think. It would be hard to. At the very least. So... They're on the plane now. Uh, so the entourage is Sunil, Russell, Minka, and Penny. And Penny is filming a scene where she's like, I've had it with these rootin' tootin' pets on this rootin' tootin' plane. Oh. You know, describing it is kind of winning me over a little bit. Like, it's not winning me over entirely, but like, 
little moments like that, I, I, I dig it. So, Russell asks Penny to get angry, and Penny says she was. Roger calls for a landing and tells everyone to buckle up, so they all do, and Blythe asks how the movie's coming along. Russell says it's great, but he needs a plot twist, a little happy accident to shake things up, and hopefully something will come along. So Mrs. Tromley sets up her trap for Fisher Biscuit and goes to hide behind the coffee machine. She hears someone and sets up the coffee machine to this Rube Goldberg device where, like, she turns on the coffee machine, which, like, uh, uses a hose to push a bowling ball to, you know, activate a trap and, uh, you know, catches the person. So Mrs. Trombley pulls out a blocky phone upon seeing that it worked, which I feel like this episode is a little bit too unfair on Mrs. Trombley and technology. Just a little. And calls Blythe to tell her she's caught Fisher. Blythe asks her to double check because she sees the Biscuit family leaving a plane in Bermuda for a vacation and Francois is stuck carrying all the luggage which is a nice little touch so Mrs. Trombley unleashes the person to find out that it's the mailman the mailman is upset but he doesn't say anything and Mrs. Trombley explains herself and the mailman just hands her letters and just walks off. So, Mrs. Tomley asks about Felina, and Blythe says that they'll be back by tomorrow for the opening. So I guess a day has passed, because this episode starts two days before the opening. And Mrs. Tomley realizes that she's been so caught up in trying to figure Fisher out that she's made a mess. Blythe tells her to clean up, and then we'll be ready. So, all right, let's go. I have another rant, and I'm pulling it out now. And this is a rant that needs to be said. So, this is the last appearance of the Biscuits in any form. And it's for a bit so the last time the Biscuits had a speaking role was Paint a Picture It Lasts Longer, which is a good step forward at best and mixed messaging at worst. This means that the Biscuit Redemption arc hasn't fully come to pass. It is a missed opportunity to, you know, give us some closure on that front. And it just seems like the whole Biscuit Redemption arc was for nothing since the last shot of them is just them being rich and vacationing in Bermuda while letting Francois do all the work. It really, like... Like, I, I can't blame the episode entirely because... Again, they were they were like cut off before they could do anything. But I don't know. I was hoping some attempt could be made to, you know, 
help tie up some of these loose ends. But now it they're just loose. It's uh it just it's just disappointing. So they get off the plane, they're in Bermuda, I think I've mentioned that. And see Felina's limo while Roger rushes off to grab some Bermuda shorts. Felina leaves and makes her way to the plane. Blythe introduces herself as well as the pets. And uh, Felina calls them lame. And we have another celebrity voice actress here. Casey Wilson. I really only know her best as the girl and the couple from that one episode of How I Met Your Mother... Uh, where she's alongside Keegan-Michael Key. So I don't know her too well, but hey, it's something. So Blythe assures Felina that they aren't lame. Felina is impressed with Blythe's ability to speak to animals, but then says that, yeah, they're lame. So uh, Russell is like, oh, another diva type. I've dealt with this before. Minka wonders if it's about one of them, and Penny believes it to be Zoe. So everyone decides to board, and Roger's like, Don't leave without me, while holding two giant bags of Bermuda shorts. He then says he couldn't anyway, unless they learned how to fly a plane without me. Oh, Roger. So on the plane, Penny asks about the first class accommodations, and Felina dismisses it entirely. Minka and... Sunil bring her her personalized pet bull with beige-only kibble. But Felina says that it's not all beige. Oh, no, no, no. Some of it is caramel or even sapia, and she refuses to eat. Russell asks if she'd like to be in their movie, and he takes some footage, and Felina instantly goes into adorable mode while the camera is on. Russell tries to compliment her, but Felina ignores them. So they discuss this, and Russell says that they at least have a cameo, so that's good. So Russell is still wondering about that twist. And it is now storming outside, and Roger tells everyone to brace themselves for an emergency landing. So they do so, and Blythe asks about that happy accident, and Russell says that this wasn't what they had in mind. So the plane is heading towards a small little island, thus ending part one. So part two begins on that island, and the pets surmise that what happened is bad. Like, really bad. Blythe is thankful that no one was hurt, but the plane is not in good shape, the radio is down, and she has no bars. Roger says he's seen worse, and then the wings break off. After more assurances, the engine emits some black smoke. So... Mrs. Twombly is doing a little puppet show for herself about Felina's appearance, where Felina's walking down uh, Littlest Pet Street to see all the lovely shops and stuff. And she talks with Anna, and she asks, Wow, doing this all by yourself must have taken all night. Mrs. Twombly says it was a team effort, and yes, it did take all night. She stops and looks at the progress of Littlest Pet Street. Young Me walks up as her acting assistant, and Young Me's assistant, Nutmeg, comes over as well. So they go over the checklist and see that things are coming along nicely. However, Mrs. Trombley laments, 
it'll all be for naught if uh, Blythe and Felina don't show up. And he promises to call in once Mrs. Tombley's out of earshot. Young me mentions that she hasn't picked up the last 25 times she's called. So Peachy is at the Littlest Pet Shop with Vinny, Pepper, and Zoe. And is ecstatic that her owner dropped her off today. Everyone else is excited except for Mrs. Tombley. And Pepper says she's probably just nervous. And Vinny says, oh, now I'm nervous. And he's like, what? I'm highly suggestible. And then Peachy tells him not to be nervous. And then Vinny isn't anymore and says, thanks, Peachy. <laughs> Which, all right, you know what? Uh, you got me again. So, on the island, Roger is fixing the engine and Blythe wonders if he can go faster. Roger says that once he has this all fixed up, he'll look for some vines to tie up the wings and they should be good to go. Blythe says that she could go find the vines while Roger is working. Roger is worried about this, but Blythe says that she can handle it and almost lets her secret slip. Uh, like she sa- Roger says, I'm worried if you'll run into a dangerous animal. And Blythe says, there's no animal I can't out-talk, I mean out-wrong. But anyway, Roger believes in his daughter and lets her go off. The pets want to come with her, and Blythe says that she can take care of it herself. The pets admit to having an ulterior motive and that they just want to film more. And also Blythe has the camera slash phone. So Blythe allows them to follow along and gives them their phone. And Roger asks, why would I need your phone? Don't you say you don't have bars? And Blythe covers it up as a simple brain fart. So they head out, but Felina demands that Minka carry a parasol for her. So the pets at the pet shop are putting together gift bags and, you know, putting stuff in it. And Vinny's blowing balloons but gets dizzy quickly. So young me is there as well, uh, putting it all up. And she's worried about Blythe. And the, Blythe isn't the type of person who uh, would ignore 75 texts let it, or even one. So did the lesson not follow through then? Was that episode made at the request of a Hasbro ex who can't talk to their child anymore and blames their phone? Maybe? I'm just going to throw that one out there. So, Young Me is also worried about Mrs. Tomley getting more and more stressed. And Mrs. Tomley is yelling at a delivery person about squeaky toys that don't squeak. So, I guess that's a consistent. So... Young Me tells Mrs. Tombley to calm down, but Mrs. Tombley says she can't until Felina gets here. And Young Me is also worried about Blythe. I guess to be fair, Young Me is hiding the apparent emergency from Mrs. Tombley, so it makes sense that Mrs. Tombley would only be focused on Felina. Because to her, Felina's on her way and not, you know, unknown. So, anyway, Blythe uh, gets tied up in some vines, but, uh, you know, once she gets loose, she gets a bunch more vines, so it all worked out. So the pets are scouting for a location and find the waterfall. So Felina asks about the supportive nature of the group, and Minka says sometimes they argue about who's more supportive, which sometimes they also just argue. And that's okay, too. Felina seems interested for a second and then goes back to being a diva 
Russell asks if Felina is ready for shooting, and Felina says she wants to do nothing. Felina says she's too big a star to be alongside you all. The pets say that's rude and call Felina's videos out for her just being a dumb animal. And Felina says she has 2 billion followers and has more clicks than a ballpoint pen factory. And Sunil says, and a penchant for cliches, and then proceeds to boast like, oh yeah, girlfriend, I went there. So Felina decides to walk away, but still requires Minka to hold up her parasol. So young me leaves Blythe another urgent message and then gets an idea and tells the pets that, you know, she has an idea, they can do this. So uh, on the island, the pets discuss Felina big-timing them and paces that, that she can film some more scenes and that she's been working on her angry. So she tries it, but it doesn't come through. Blythe tells them that they have enough fines and they should head back. So, meanwhile, Young Me is talking with someone about how much they don't like what's going on. And it's Zoe, and she's dressed as Felina, and Young Me's like, if I were a dog, I'd hate being a cat too. But it's for Mrs. Twombly. So, yeah, anyway. I Okay, so I guess... Talking about Zoe's weird disdain for cats earlier does kind of disrupt a rant I wrote in uh, that led into a different rant. Okay, but let's uh, let's just acknowledge that I may have disrupted myself, but I'm just going to pull the rant I had here anyway out because, like, it is important to get to because, like, Felina did just mention that she has like a billion, like two billion followers or whatever. So, if we're going off previous episodes, Blythe did have a million followers and more on her podcast. It's not a billion, mind you, but it's nothing to sneeze at unless you're the biscuits, in which case, a million is something to sneeze at. But. We'll just sneeze on them and eat them up because they're rich and we need to eat the rich. But that's neither here nor there nor anywhere right now. So remembering that fact might undermine the episode. But this episode had a lot to do and it's not doing a whole lot of what it needed to. Like remember, it already squandered the Biscuit Redemption arc. Or at least giving a fulfilling conclusion to that. So if they didn't have to go to Bermuda, they could spend the remainder of the episode tying up the loose ends up here. But now we have just this additional story on top of everything else that's being built up. And it does seem odd that, like, they would do that. It just... I don't know. That's what strikes me about this episode is that, like... The the conflict here is a little little like out of nowhere out of left field out like something I don't know it just it feels like they had plenty to work with and then they just complicated things even more so, at the episode, Zoe hopes none of her dog friends see her, and Young Me introduces Felina 
at the vets, and Zoe puts on a performance, which she did seem intent on doing back on Sweet Truck Ride, you know, dressing up as a cat, to, you know, act. But here she's just going through the motions and being, you know, sarcastic about it. It seems to work, and people are entranced, and Young Me offers some posters, which uh, everyone crowds Zoe. And then Dr. Handsome Face comes in and checks in on Felina, and he makes a pass as a fan, and Zoe gets entranced for a second, but then remembers what he did and starts cheering him out and barking. Young Me sees this and rushes Felina out. So, at the plane... The real Felina and the pets are arguing about the film. And, you know, Felina being in it or not. Roger asks Blythe to check the fuel. Blythe does, but can hardly hear herself think from the noise. And yells at the pets to stop. Roger thinks it was at him, and Blythe apologizes, saying that the fuel is good. So, they try taking off, but the wings come off, and Roger has a meltdown. Blythe sees a bird land on the water and thinks of making this plane seaworthy. So, at the street, Young Me tries putting Pepper in the costume to see if it works, and Pepper is skeptical, so they enter Parista to try it out. Uh, Fuzzy comes up and greets Felina, saying he's a big fan. He hugs her so tight that the suit bursts and Pepper unleashes a scent. Young Me tells everyone to remain calm, but to no avail. So, on the island, we are really going back and forth after some short scenes, but, like, there's not really a lot interesting to describe at some of these junctions. It's just stuff happens, and I don't know. I'm not I'm not as interested in it as, like, you know, as I would normally be, because, like, Sometimes I hyperfixate on like certain details and like go off on a rant about that, but this isn't happening. This is just you know going, I guess. It's not there's nothing really to talk about much. So Roger believes he's made the plane seaworthy and is using his plethora of Bermuda shorts as the sail. So they now just need to get it out to sea. So Roger tries to push it to no avail. Uh, Blythe tells the animals to board the now ship. And Blythe goes to check on her dad. So Roger complains that this day has been nothing but a disaster. And he isn't sure how it could get worse. Blythe says, charging Rhino. Roger says, nice of you to cheer me up, but I know this one. Rhinos can't charge because they don't carry cash. Blythe points out that there is a literal charging rhino. So just to nitpick really, really, really quick. I guess I spoke too soon, because here, here I am talking, I guess. I don't know, because th- that's what this whole episode has been, really. It's like flashes of the show and also flashes of not the show. It's a back-and-forth wash between, you know, something that doesn't resemble the show I love and something that does resemble the show I love. And it's... It's just... 
messy, I guess, for lack of a better term. So just to nitpick really quick, again, rhinos are found in Africa and Southeast Asia. Bermuda is just over a thousand kilometers from North and Central America. So either they're taking a really roundabout way of going home, or Blythe and Roger landed on a previously unknown uninhabited island that somehow has rhinos on it, which is kind of in line with the tone of the show. I guess I guess we are bringing back. It just it does feel like this episode only sort of feels like this show. Like as as much as I don't like uh what is it? Tiniest Animal Store. It does sort of feel like the show through and through. This just, um, this just kind of does it. Like, Tiniest Animal Store, like, while bad, is just, is still the show. This kind, this kind of is and kind of isn't. Hmm. This is just, this whole thing is making me lukewarm. So, Blythe pushes Roger aside and tells the rhino to stop. The rhino tells her to get off his beach, and Blythe responds, it's not your beach, and Rhino says, you don't have to yell. Blythe apologizes and explains that they're trying to get off, but they need help. Roger panics uh, for Blythe's sake, but the rhino introduces himself as Stompy Toughplate, and he apologizes and says whenever he sees strangers, he flips. So that probably has something to do with why there aren't people here because the rhinos here are uh you know trained mentally to stomp out strangers (laughs) which you know something that's something so he offers to help and Blythe comes up with a plan Blythe rushes Roger to the jet, and Roger is confused and wants to know what's going on. Blythe then, under pressure, admits to being able to speak to animals and understand animals. Roger smiles and says, I know, and Blythe is surprised, and he says, I knew all along. So they get on as Stompy is about to charge. Uh, He pushes the plane out to sea, and Blythe and Roger thank Stompy. So... At the pet shop, Young Me thinks she has it, but then realizes she doesn't. We see Vinny dressed as Felina this time, and Young Me talks to herself and feels herself slowly slipping away in sanity. So the pets discuss this, and Peachy decides to cheer Young Me up. And, you know, if this wasn't the last episode of the show, I would think that this is an attempt to add another regular in the form of peachy, or at least another occasional, like a, like a buttercream or sugar sprinkles. They, like, make peachy something like that, if not a regular. And it's honestly a pretty good scene. So Mrs. Trombley is freaking out outside, and Young Me goes out to meet her. So the furplex is crowded, and she's wondering where Felina is. Young Me is about to tell the truth, but Mrs. Trombley sees Vinnie Felina and thinks it's the real thing. She comments on how the flight must have been rough because she's all green in the face. 
The pets are looking at the footage on the ship and having a good time laughing about it. And they think turning this into an action comedy makes it great. Felina looks over and is nervous. She comes down to meet them and says she wants something. After the pets throw out some suggestions, Felina explains that she wants to apologize. She says she's always been a solo act, and when she saw everyone getting along, she got kind of jealous. Russell asks if she wants to be on the new Pets on a Boat, and Felina says cats hate water, which is hilarious, so let's do it. And, yeah, the last few scenes have been good. Like, it does seem weird that, like, like this episode is just, like, some good, some bad, and it all just comes together to make something middling, I guess. And I don't know. I don't... I just don't feel like a finale should be middling or really anything less than great. That's just me. I guess... I guess it's hard to say. I I don't know. I've I've always felt like if you're going to end something, you know, end end it with a bang. Give it give us something good. And like even like I get okay, even like a controversial ending like Soul Eater. I liked Soul Eater's ending cuz like A they defeated the bad guy and B it does give a sense of like we'll continue to fight again tomorrow. It does it has that. And I like that. It's not like... Like, yeah, it just, it proves that, like, your ending doesn't have to be definitive. You don't have to say, this is, like, it. Like, this particular place where we're telling the story is it. But it's not going to be it. These characters are going to continue doing what they do best. And we we've seen that go along. Like, I liked Soul Leader's ending despite what people say. It just... This whole thing feels like... Like a mix. So then we get to this whole scene. So Blythe asks Roger if he was ever concerned about her ability. Roger says he isn't, and it's just another way that Blythe is like her mother. Blythe says, You knew she could talk to animals too? Roger says, yep, no secrets in marriage, and then immediately disproves that by saying she never found out that his homemade cheesecake was store-bought, which I hope he told her on her deathbed if she's dead. Uh, yeah, that that line, like, it's funny, but it's also weird, because, like, Roger's like, no secrets in marriage except for this one. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, something. I don't know. So, um, Blythe asks why you didn't say anything about it. And Roger explains that he wanted her to go at her own pace. And, like, between seeing Rad and Sweet Truck Ride... Something like that. Those are the only two big examples where Roger saying, I know you can talk to animals, 
would be helpful. And even in, uh, what did you say? That medicine. Like, he knew that medicine was bad for her, I guess. Which I guess is why he took it away. And then I guess there's also uh, on the same page. <clears throat> now that I'm talking about it, there's a little more instances where Roger could have. But, like, I think Sweet Truck Ride is the only place where he really should have. As, like, a form of understanding. I guess. I don't know. It's it's weird. So, Blythe hugs Roger and he tears up. Uh, Blythe sees the clock and is worried that they won't make it. Roger smiles and Blythe asks, Why are you smiling? And Roger says, I know you'll think of something. You always do. And then a whale passes by. Blythe asks it for help and they get it. So, Mrs. Trombley is opening up Littlest Pet Street and showing off the Furplex Cinema. She introduces Felina, and Youngmi is hesitant about bringing Vinny up, but Blythe yells, and they rush up. Felina is about to step out when Minka wishes her good luck. Felina says she's not walking out without one thing. Minka takes out the parasol, and Felina says, No, I'm not walking without my entourage of friends. And they all walk in, and in the theater, Pets on a Boat premieres to good reviews. Uh, and when Felina's on the screen, Fuzzy and Dr. Handsome Face exchange stories, and Young Me says that Littlest Pet Street is a hit. Mrs. Trombley thanks her for being uh, kind and wonders if there's a way to get the pet's opinion on things. Blythe asks Roger if uh, she should tell, and Roger says someday, ending the episode and the series. Overall, this episode did feel lackluster in general. It has its moments, especially towards the end. But overall, it's hard to say it's good. It's not the worst episode in the series, but it is just sort of there at times. And, like, other times it's doing stuff well, but it's not... I don't feel like it went above and beyond in a way it needed to. So, I mean, even with the Felina story, I I kind of like how it ends, but it does go a little too fast. Like, like Felina's only in it for all of one episode and like a minute or two of the second episode. And, like, as much as I like the conclusion, it doesn't feel like they've done enough, which is kind of a statement on the whole show. Not the show, the episode in and of itself. It is just kind of there. So... Another thing I do want to talk about, and I've been waiting almost three years for this moment. So there were serious, serious implications that Mrs. Trombley knew, mainly in the first episode and Missing Blythe. So to have Roger be the one who knew seems peculiar, but also it sort of makes sense. Because, I mean, I guess they might have changed things up when they revealed... 
Blythe's mom could also talk to animals. I don't know if that was planned from the beginning, but it does seem like Mrs. Trombley knowing sort of was a plan. Maybe not. I don't know. It could also just be Mrs. Trombley being a smart airhead. It wouldn't be that much of a stretch to say, like, her, like, odd behaviors and saying certain things could just be her saying it because she's, you know, airy at times. And, I don't know, that's just that's just all I need to say on that part. So, as an episode, it's not great. I, I didn't feel, like, a good sense of urgency from it. And as a finale, it is even worse. I've talked about this before, but... I mean, we're here. We are at the end. Let's talk this over just a little bit more. So season four took some bold steps in the beginning to set up a lot, and it kind of all fell apart. So let's review in an order of my choosing. So we know the Biscuit Redemption arc fell through for, I'll say, a decent joke. It wasn't a bad joke. I just don't feel like it was worth it in the end. Because, like, we could have gotten something with the Biscuit Redemption arc. And instead we just got a pretty good joke. And I don't feel like that's worth it. So, the second shot they had lined up was young me getting a pet. And that's something that happened. And, you know, they they are following through on it. I do want to see a little bit more, but that's not really, like, this episode's problem. I don't know. It is kind of a thing where, like, since this show has a wide cast of characters, it is hard to tackle some things that need to be tackled. And exploring young me and Nutmeg's new relationship while also getting out certain other things is difficult in and of itself. And, you know, I don't blame this episode for not delving into this. And it even kind of does, where Young Me and Nutmeg are helping each other out and they're trusting of each other, kind of. It is... It is what it is. So... Next shot I'm going to go over is Blythe and Josh, and they just didn't get far enough into being a couple, which is disappointing. It does seem to imply like they'll get there, but it would be nice to have confirmation, though. And it's it's a little different than, you know, Soul Eater's ending of, like, we'll fight again. Like, even though we've defeated this big bad... There's another big bat on the horizon, maybe. Or we'll defeat everyone who can because we have the power. So, the next shot is one this episode did look into, which is Blythe's mom. There is a little bit of resolution on that. I don't think we have enough, though. I'm only about 95% sure she's dead... That's from things like the Pet Shop Wiki or even Wikipedia, maybe. 
saying that she is, but there's no hard confirmation in the show itself. There's still a level of plausible deniability. Especially with that, like, line about how she never figured out my homemade cheesecake was store-bought. Like, something about her would be nice. We have the book, we've learned some things, but I want to know more. Like, how did she die? Or what did she do for a living? Or stuff like that. Like, it is, it's just, I I want more. And it's, and unlike, uh, you know, unlike Young Me and Nutmeg, like, this episode could have done it, but they focused on something else. Which leaves us with Littlest Pet Street itself. Now, this episode sort of resolves this as well, kind of. It I I'd struggle to say that this episode was about resolving that though. Cause it's kind of a thing that just happened. Where like the the you know, the main conflict of the episode at least well at least in the second part, because the first part was like setting up the conflict, I guess. It's it is strangely written, I'll say that. But, like, the conflict in the episode is Blythe and some of the Pats and Roger being trapped on a deserted island and figuring out how to get off. The the littlest pet street isn't really the source of the conflict, unlike the pet fest. Like, even... It like the pet fest is a good point of comparison for this episode. I'm I, that's why I keep using it. But like, like the pet fest, they're working on the pet fest for the first part, and they're reworking the pet fest for the second part, and it goes well, despite many of the hiccups. But here, it feels like the littlest pet street is a guarantee rather than, you know a win-or-lose scenario, which I feel like it should have been. And especially after it had all the build-up throughout the season. It just, you know, kind of, like, peters out, which is sort of what this episode does. It just peters out. It's fine. It is... Decent. It's just... It's not what I wanted it to be, though. It's... It just is. And genuinely, it is sad that this show could not continue and got cancelled when it did. Because I see the potential in it. I see the writers wanting to do more with it. And I am just sad that, like, this show never, you know, 
reached the heights that it wanted to, or more. But what we have is mostly good. There are a few hiccups, but I would generally recommend this show to anyone looking for a good kids show. It is not my only recommendation, nor is it my top recommendation, but it's still worth looking at, and it's still worth talking about. It is just a shame it ended the way it did. Which brings me to one final thing. So remember, back in Petnapped, I said I had something I wanted to say about this, but I didn't want to say it yet. Well, now I want to say something. So back when Petnapped was finalized, I believe that they knew they were going to get the axe. So what they did was teach us something with it. And that is, if you don't like the way a TV show ends, you can always write your own. Which is something I have decided to do. I am announcing it right here, right now. I'm going to write out a season five that will satisfy me at least. And hopefully will satisfy you. And I will present it to you episode by episode once each episode is finished via this podcast. So this podcast is not quite over just yet. So, these are not going up right away, or possibly even by the end of the year. And this is something I will be doing at my own leisure. As you can tell by how much spacing there is between some episodes, I do need a break for a bit. But I've loved every second of this. I love doing this podcast. And... I've decided that I love this show enough to at least give it a finale I'm proud of. So, after the break, I will share my rendition of what I would have liked out of Season 5 of Littlest Pet Shop, which will just be a Season 5 of Littlest Pet Shop. And then that will end the Littlest Pet Cast. But right now I am going to end this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. And be sure to tune in for some bonus content. And that is it. Like, I said I was going to do a season five, but if you're really only interested in the show proper, that is it it for you, too. And, you know, we did it. We're here. And it, it feels bittersweet, I guess, as I mentioned at the beginning. Parting is such sweet sorrow... I will see you next time for some bonus episodes. And, you know, goodbye.